Hey guys, Eric here, and I want to talk to you real quick about the dailydownforce.com. Every day, this website covers the latest news and trends in NASCAR, from silly season right through the checkered flag in Phoenix. Need a new morning routine as soon as you wake up? Well, now you have it, dailydownforce.com. This is the website I use to keep up with the industry, the drivers, and of course, what the community is talking about. And speaking of community, dailydownforce.com is also home to some of your other favorite NASCAR content creators. Plus, they've got all sorts of information that I like to keep bookmarked, like schedules, penalties, ratings, and everything you want to know. Oh, and be sure to check out the merch shop while you're there to find some exclusive diecasts and collectibles. So check out dailydownforce.com, that's dailydownforce.com, and I'll see you in in the replies. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. Wasn't so, the first deal they built, I bet. No, no. You know, you could, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce, of UNC Asheville to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap cheapo cars and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then. The guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And it, it, as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was a chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, dailydownforce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Bought Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. 
Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armor All products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor All. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. That's one o'clock tonight. Go get us the W. Hell yeah. Ready. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Darren Gilliam, a.k.a. Black Flags Matter, back for another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast on BFM. Appreciate you guys tuning in tonight. We have the usual panel, of course, the Iceberg, Eric Estep, and Danny B Talks. Fellas, we had one of the craziest weekends ever. Um, now I had to uh, I had the privilege of covering IndyCar at Gateway. Eric, you were at Daytona. Uh, we also had uh, the um, the return of the famous Milwaukee Mile for the Truck Series. But before we get into all that, let's give our hot takes. And well, let me look out. And Danny, you are first up with your hot take. Danny, what is your hot take for this week? Yeah, you mentioned our busy week, and not only did we, did we uh, all that happened, me and you, we went to SmackDown. Oh, that's there right, that's right. at a WWE that, show. That's right. Somber awesome. uh, terms as we was there uh, paying tribute to Bray Wyatt. Yes. Um, but moving on, hot take. My hot take is that what happened with Ryan Priest this weekend, you know, even though we're wishing him the best, that incident, sadly, because of the way casual NASCAR fan culture is, was the biggest thing of his entire career so far. He has won many races in the modified series. He has won races in the lower series. But what most people across the world will now find when they look up Ryan Priest is going to be video pictures of that 41 car flying through the uh, backstretch area of Daytona. Uh, you can ask Michael McDowell, what was he known for for the longest portion of his career? flips at texas motor speedway uh like it or not big crashes are sadly part of nascar and we can't just avoid super speedway racing like some suggested we should and this is now a thing that if ryan priest wants to get that off of his legacy it's time to go win some races so ryan priest when you when you're back at when you're back behind the wheel is he back he's back this weekend right or yeah that, I don't know. Okay. They, they haven't said anything that he isn't Okay, he's back racing, we, as far as we know. Go out there, make the most of it, maybe steal a win at Bristol or something like that, and you know, make yourself known for more than just a flip. Well, I, I'm, I'm next up. Uh, so I'm going to go and have a little fun with silly season. Uh, today we had the news that was announced of Matty D not coming back to Rackley War. Uh, I don't think, no matter what the plan was, either way, which way, whether it was a team letting him go or him leaving, I don't think he's leaving without a plan. So I'm going to say this. A couple weeks ago, we had heard that uh, that that colleague had everything settled up for next year. I'm going to say it is because I think, until we have evidence otherwise, that a Chevy driver in Matty D will drive for colleague next year in the Cup Series. Mm-hmm. He has... Prior Cup experience, he took that 21 car to the playoffs, and while it is 
called a fourth Penske car. It doesn't perform like that all the time. Uh, and I think that whether he's a stopgap or not, he would be a pretty viable uh, candidate who's not brand new to NASCAR like a possible SVG would be, who's not somebody who's been in the Xfinity series and might have aged out a little bit. So I'm going to say my guess at the moment, until we are proven otherwise, that's Matt Benedetto going up to the Cup Series. That's a bold one. Uh, so my hot take completely off topic uh, or unrelated to that. So in football, uh, the quarterback is the leader of the team. He's the most important player. And a large part of that job isn't even on the field. It's how he is on at the podium, talking to the media, how he's able to lead, how he represents the franchise. And with that being said, I think in racing, I think that matters as well. I think you should be able to talk to the reporters talk to the media. You shouldn't be afraid to uh, to have a TV camera in front of your face, even during pressure-packed races or moments. So while I don't agree with how Kyle Petty uh, criticized Bubba Wallace and Ty Gibbs, you know, calling them, you know, if he's so mentally fragile, maybe this isn't the sport for him. You know, I think that's a strong quote, and I understand why there was blowback for it. The core of his argument, I actually agree with. I think it's a little childish and immature when Bubba Wallace snubs NBC before races. I think it's childish when Ty Gibbs, I was in the media center this past weekend, just refuses to answer reporters' questions. He does the whole, I'm just here so I don't get fined, giving two and three word answers. Like You're the leader of a team. You represent major sponsors. You should be able to talk to reporters. I understand that there's a lot of pressure on you. It's tough, but that's part of the job. I guess I can give one of my early playoff predictions right now. And it's, it's going to sound crazy to some because he's the defending champion. I could see Logano out of the first round, legitimately. Seriously. I could see him out of the first round. Um, when you look back at his career with Penske, every time it's an odd year, he always struggles somehow. He usually misses the playoffs. He made it this year. But now that the points have reset, he's one point to the good. And it's not like he's been the best Penske car all season. I think really Penske in general is a tad bit off. I think that's fair to say. Um, Ryan Blaney had an amazing start to uh, to begin the year, was leading the uh, the regular season points at one point uh, early on. Um, and then he's basically teetered off. And really, Logano, he's kind of been the same. I mean, just looking at his past finishes. Now, of course, you know, the playoffs are beginning and we, things could change. But just looking at these finishes, I'm just seeing, you know, inconsistency. One week, he's 35th. The next, he finishes in the top five. Then the next... He finishes mid-pack, then another uh, finish outside the top 30. But his past couple of races, he's had top fives and top tens. But still, um, it's just too inconsistent for me. And, you know, it, he just hasn't been the best Penske car this season. So, you know, if I were to pick a, um, if, if I were to pick a driver who's usually a major player in the playoffs to miss the first round, I'm going to go with Pagano right now. So, yep. Could be a hot take to some, could not. But yeah. let's start the poll. Yeah, he has he has been kind of mid since you know Edward winning Atlanta. So exactly, exactly, and you know you know what they say Atlanta. I mean, basically a super speedway, right? So I don't know. Some not everyone takes super speedway seriously like that too. So yeah, that makes a case for some of those people. But we have the poll up, and really quick, we have nearly four hundred people watching, and we just started the damn thing. Make sure to lick the like button. Currently at seventy eight likes. Let's try and get a hundred before we meet uh, before we reach the thirty minute mark. Okay. People were, people were saying we were just having warm takes that time. Oh man, oh, it's Matt Benedetto to Cup is a warm take. I guess. Yeah. I guess so. Surprising. A defending <laughs> champion getting knocked out in the first round. That's. Uh, I mean, these are. These, I would say these are fairly spicy. 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I saw how fans break. reacted to Kyle Petty's comments. So for me to take Kyle Petty's <laughs> side, more or less, I feel like that's at least a little spicy. I mean, yeah, come on, guys. Give us a break here. Give us <laughs> some credit, you know. Oh, man. But anyways, appreciate you guys tuning in. Let's get right to it. Oh, and we reached 100 likes. Thank you guys so much. But let's get right into it. Daytona, uh, the playoff cut line, regular season finale. I personally think someday this will be the championship finale. <laughs> someday down the I road. mean, if that hurricane <laughs> came four or yeah. five days earlier. Yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> but man, we had an exciting weekend. Eric, you were at the race. Um, you were at the race weekend. Um, took in all the fest, uh, took in all the festivities as well as covering the entire weekend. That I um, did. Uh, let's start off with RFK. RFK is basically back. A one-two finish. Uh, Keselowski had a very interesting night. You know, getting the fire out and stuff. But in the end, he was able to help out his teammate and driver, Chris Busher, scores third win of the season. Uh, they're, I think, yeah, it's officially um good to say that they're back, aren't they? Uh, third one in five races, they said. Yeah, third one in five races. Do you agree, Eric? Uh, I mean, I've been on the RFK hype train since like April or May. I mean, they are, uh, they've been the best Ford, most consistent Ford team all year. They're the only team to get all of their drivers. And I know it's only two other teams have four, <laughs> but they're the only team to get all their drivers into the playoffs that they've been back. Um, Chris Busher at this point, he's the four seed going into the playoffs out of 16. He's fourth on the grid. Uh, Brad Keselowski, I don't know where he's, at. I think he's ninth or 10th. Like these two guys, not only are they in the playoffs, they're, I think, expected to go at least to the round of 12, maybe even the round of eight. And I don't know. Some people might even have Chris Buescher going all the way to Phoenix. So, uh, no, Roush is absolutely back. You just knew when the, the overtime happened and you saw how the two RFK cars had found each other in the outside lane. Like, I remembered how fast they were in February when it was just the two of them. Poor Harvick and Chase out on the inside had no chance to keep up with those two cars once they got hooked together. It's not this weekend, I'll just say that, but I've got it on my radar for Brad Keselowski to potentially win one of these races in this first round. And I, I could see Brad easily going on a tear of winning three races in the playoffs and potentially getting his way to the championship four, maybe even Chris Buescher. But yeah. I'm, I'm looking more at Brad for these, rec- for these yeah. races that are coming up. And I think the crazy part is when you look at consistency-wise – I would say Chris Busher is the first person consistency-wise, not maybe winning-wise or, or, or speed like that. I think that still goes to Byron, but I, I think Chris Busher is the most consistent guy alongside Truex at this point, and that's easily going to get you past this round as long as you don't screw up. I think it's enough that, especially with the points he has accumulated, that it should be good enough to get past a round of 12. I, I feel like when it comes to the round of eight every year, we have seven guys who are pretty much were like, yeah, I knew that guy was going to make it that far if he executed, and he did. And I think Busher can hit that. And then there's that one guy where we're like, what the hell are you doing here? Chase, Chase Frisco, Frisco. Last, yep, yep, last. Yeah, like, Chris Busher's starting to seem like Ross Chastain was last year at this point. Except yeah. less chaotic. So I, I'm, yeah, less chaotic. I'm loving it. I think the thing about Busher is he needs to get more stage points during races. That's what's going to be his Achilles heel come round of eight is these other guys that are up front and, and have a lot of points. They get stage points. Busher finishes well. He might not run as well during race. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, and when it comes down to the playoffs, I mean, you know, it's crunch time. You need those extra points, you know, if you're not going to get a win. But I think you can make a case for Chris Busher maybe winning one of these races because, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Bristol in the first round or yep. no? Bristol okay. is the last one there, of the first round. Well, there you go. There's a, there's one racetrack right there. And, I mean, with the way the teams ran, too, I mean, I won't be surprised if Brad Kozlowski's well, in contention. You've got to win. Bristol in this first round. 
And then you've got Talladega. Both cars have been great on oh. Super Speedways this year. Yeah. And then Darlington. Got, got to win at Daytona. He's been Dar- I mean, at, the, at, at road courses. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you can make a case for both of those cars, you know, and advancing then, very, and then, very far. You know, and then when we're in that round of eight, I look at, um, you know, I, I think Homestead could be a good track for them, but I really think Martinsville could be a good track for them. We are didn't so Chris Busher, them. <laughs> sorry, didn't Chris Busher win a stage at Homestead a couple of years ago? Before he did, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty, looking pretty good in that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll I remember t- that. T- we're gonna we're we are totally gonna jinx this team. Yep. We welcome love you, RFK, but yep. we're known for this. Welcome to my world. Yes, sir. Welcome to my world. Really, that team has it all from like, you know, the performance and the oh, social I, media presence. I, uh, he's I, laying I, it I know, on now. I oh know that gosh. we're jinxing him because I've got my I've got a video in in the in the queue ready to go. How Brad Keselowski saved Roush Fenway racing. Ah, there you go. Soon. Yep, starting off. Yeah, can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see that. Now, this is still RFK related, but I got to ask. So um, I was kind of tuning in and out of the broadcast. I was like watching uh, NASCAR drive and then like sort of watching the broadcast and stuff every now and then. Um, and when I saw Brad Kozlowski just like basically like just, I don't know, driving under um, under the red flag, I was like, what the hell is he doing? Did you guys think the same thing or did you know like, oh, he's just getting a fire out at first? I saw on Twitter first that, oh, Kozlowski reporting there's a fire in the cockpit during the red flag and i thought oh he's leading didn't he just win the stage oh that's like big news and then i looked up at the big screen i was standing on pit road and they showed it on the video boards at the track apparently well before they ever showed it on nbc uh of brad just driving slowly in a circle (laughs) just on the on the on the apron on the backstretch and i i thought that was the funniest thing ever and i i didn't i've seen a lot of folks you know question or criticize should he have been allowed to do that I don't know that exactly. That car how, is on fire and I can fire. prevent it. It's a well, fire. I, I don't know how the rule is written. To me, the most rules in the rule book are extremely vague. If you smell and smoke in the cockpit and he's just driving around at 15 miles per hour under the red flag away from other people, he's doing it safely, he should be allowed to do that. It's like, not like Brad's just decided, you know what? I'm ready to do some burnout. Yeah, or, or I'm going to go two laps ahead of the field. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he's I don't, but passing cars. He's not... You could argue he's working on his car, but he's not, you know, he didn't get out of his car to pull yeah. on the fenders. Oh, oh, has, oh, communi- has there been radio communications uh, put out from NASCAR? What were what were they saying on their end of it? Oh, I don't know. I haven't heard that. I heard yeah. the on Radioactive, all the other drivers reacting to it. I like that. Surely, you know, Dave Hoots was up there talking, what is the six doing? I like I love Chastain's line, how uh, Keslowski looks like a dog with the zoomies. <laughs> I thought that was kind of well. Dave, Dave Hoots would if he were still there. Now it's a Ham, the Hamilton guy. Oh yeah, I, sorry. sorry. I just sorry. that that debate. He should, should he have been penalized or not? No, burned to death. Yeah, that's that. that now NASCAR is going to add a rule like, oh, so yeah, you oh, can't do your move your car at all. What's there's that? A fire. <laughs> there's a TikTok account. Uh, uh, don't put the fire out. Burn your car. Be a man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a, that would be an expensive technicality if they uh if they yeah. you know if he, they expect but, him to sit there and let his car roast. Yeah, but yeah, look, listen, this is a non this is a not a nothing burger. Kislowski smelled fire, and yeah, if you smell fire, naturally you want to put it out. Well, <laughs> you just put and, it out. And really oh. quick, something else that's kind of like a nothing burger is so is, uh, we talked about this before the show among the four of us. Oh. A track house <laughs> was talking about like Oh, we got a big oh, thing coming is... at 801. 801 Here is, we go. Uh, oh, yeah. It's literally just like a promo trailer for are you ready for Chastain to go at it again and get another and try a 
Get it's just a Chastain hype package. Oh my gosh, poor Eric. He thought it's like, oh, watch no, out for we, this we, announcement. Well, I mean, we were over like, here talking. What time is it in New Zealand? But he was the first one to break it up. And I was yeah, like, oh, I, I saw it earlier today and I thought, oh, what, what a track has. I was like, 8 p.m. That's a weird time to announce something. And I thought maybe <laughs> it has something to do with Shane Van Gisbergen being in you know New Zealand time. And then I'm like, <sighs> I don't know. It turned out to be nothing. Yeah. 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 Just one of those deals. But yeah, I'm going to close That's why we love oh. NASCAR. They can all do that too. It's like the. Exactly. Spencer says rare track house L in the chat. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm going to end the poll and congrats, Jared. They really think, yeah, they think uh, your Maddie D to the 31 is a hot take. It I is. am second. I'm a second with 26%. Eric third, 25. And Danny with the coldest take of the week at they 16%. all agree Burr. that Ryan Priest will forever be known for his flip. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Hey, you got to give him some well, credit. Hey, he might that, win. That's maybe. a good segue. I mean, that was probably outside oh, of the yeah. whole RFK deal we talked about. I think that was the biggest story. Yeah. So, yeah, the biggest story, of course, that was, oh, well, that was a crazy flip. See, now that I'm older, you know, flips, you know, when I was younger, I, you know, and I think it's fair to say this was a little bit more understandable when I was younger and I would see a flip, I'd be like, whoa, that's so cool. That's crazy. But now that I'm older and, and, you know, and I know how, you know, racing works and stuff, you know, the safety aspect, I always cringe every time I see that, you know, and when, when Ryan Priest just darted to the left and stuff. And then as soon as I saw basically the front of this car, just dig into the grass i knew i was just like oh my gosh this is about to be either you know rusty wallace talladega 93 i believe and then or d or dw 91 uh daytona it, just it one of those of, flips it reminded me of mikey and the 504 mixed with elliot yeah. sadler 03 at talladega but those yeah. are the ones and i grew up with yeah well, and honestly we hadn't, oh. we hadn't seen a car just you know catch air and blow over like that well well i think the back 2022 500 we saw harrison burton to do that but it wasn't near to the extreme of this one because this was a lot more gentle of what happened in that one you know this one just when it got when it got wild it got wild real fast for ryan priest yeah, yeah and he oh. got incredible air uh on a couple of those sort of I don't know what you want to call them, just rollovers. I mean, uh, I think they counted 11 total flips rotations. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't yeah. know where that's where that lands in the record books, but that's one of the uh, that was one of the most violent, might be the most violent flip I've seen um, since those crashes you just mentioned, Jarrett. Since like I like that was those were the early days of me watching NASCAR. Like we've seen some scary crashes at Daytona, like Newman in 2020, Dylan going into the catch fence. But as far as just a blowover, tumble through the grass. I mean, that was one of the most aggressive flips I've seen in, in decades. It was and hard absolutely. for me to tell on TV, but at the first glance, I like saw his front bumper all kinds of twisted and stuff. I thought the car was upside down, and I saw some fire, and I was like, oh, he's on fire upside down. Then they went to the other camera. It's like, oh, it's just that twisted after that. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, another flip, too. I mean, maybe you can make the case, Dave Allison, 92 at Pocono. I mean, like, it sort of digged into the ground, but then all of a sudden it just, well, you know. I think it's Didn't the Rusty thing. Wallace have one like this at Talladega? Yeah, 93. I, well, I think that. the yeah. thing that yeah. people, like, a lot of fans, especially younger fans, forget is, like, this used to be normal Gen 4 on back. I think COT a little bit, but, I mean, it was Gen 4 on back, and it was pretty normal on a semi-regular basis to see a blowover like this. I mean, we a lot of when we listed off were Gen 4 and around Gen 4 start. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, like, flips, I don't like seeing in person just because it's it's crazy. I've seen a couple in person, and yeah. I don't like the feeling of watching, but flips necessarily aren't that bad safety-wise because of all the energy dissipating. 
Where mm-hmm. I think the big concern comes in is the roof hatch coming undone almost right away. I get it was a freak accident, but still, I mean, when you're seeing him flip in the air and you're like, what's that shiny thing? That's his head. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. And I saw some debates about that. Some made that case. Others were like, well, that's just normal in a wreck because look at these other past flips. It's meant to be easy to open up, so it's just going to happen. Yeah, and but it is very scary looking, especially on the replays, because well, you're like, oh, God, anything but, could go in this car, but, you know? But, but I, that's not even that, is he flips over, and you remember Ryan Newman got hit right in that driver's side. Yeah, he's he flipped over with a yeah. roof hatch off. He is literally getting hit in the head by a race car at 190 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that that is definitely a concern. I know part of the window net also came detached. Um, I mean, anything that exposes or potentially exposes the driver to debris or potentially traffic is like an NASCAR needs to look at that. And they are. I mean, they said they're taking the car back to the R and D center. Ironically, after a different wreck, Priest was a part of in the next gen. They remember they reinforced the the sidewalls and and softened the noses. So, I mean, NASCAR to their credit, at least the last couple of years. The initial design of the next gen was flawed in several ways, but since then they have been uh, pretty quick to react whenever new, uh, I don't know what the word is, liabilities, I guess, the new new flaws present themselves. Yeah. So, but no, that was- New problems, that, basically. Yeah, I mean, that is, that's definitely scary. Did y'all hear, um, and now I'm going to misremember, but Denny Hamlin on his podcast this week talked about how during like one of the early next gen tests, I don't know exactly what he said he did. He like, um yeah okay melissa actually just said in the chat hamlin hit the roof hatch during a test session and said it detached and blew off while he was driving yeah like he's out there testing on the track and it because he'd accidentally loosened it without realizing it because he just bumped it or something so Mm. there seems to maybe be a design flaw. it shouldn't be that easy (laughs) to loosen yeah that's a good point yeah that's a good point yeah you bring up priest too and you know we have the newman bar but this is the second time priest is probably going to have a crash that's influential in safety changes for NASCAR. Uh, if we're having the Newman bar, I feel like at this point, the super speedway car should just be the priest car. Yeah. Newman yeah. bar priest car because priest Pre- didn't priest now. have that. He had a scary Kansas wreck a few years ago. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. he did. Yeah. yeah. 2020. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And, and but he didn't uh, flip in that, but he come awful close in that one. Wasn't that the one where he was like on his side skidding yes. into the inside wall. That was a crazy no, crash. I will say, I know we're we're all on the same page with safety on this. I just I want to say one thing, man. I am I am so sick of this. It's time to do away with super speedway racing. Yeah. It's, can, it's past. Can, can we talk about that? They're never gonna do that. And the main thing is money. It yeah. sells. It sells. It sells. And and you know what I've noticed that that's mostly from people in the industry. And I understand to a certain extent. Because, you know, you spend all your time working on these race cars and basically you take them to either Daytona or Talladega to usually crash them. You know, that's just the way super speedway racing is nowadays. But come on to get rid of them. Like these are the money makers. Uh, How does how does marketing departments, social media teams, all of that part in NASCAR? How do they promote big crashes at Daytona and Talladega? Yeah. Am I crazy? Big crashes at Daytona, Talladega, Bristol, wherever it may be, they go to the crashes. Well, I don't and even we'll think it's that. Go to the poll, by the way, chat. It's oh, just, it, I mean, it's the most NASCAR type of racing. It's uniquely, yeah. Eric, I know, Eric, you've said it a lot. It is uniquely NASCAR to super speedway race. And mm-hmm. I, I got, other than that flip and a bad push in the corner at the end of stage two, 
really, it was honestly a really good race and clean race. There were two moments. It wasn't, they didn't crash him into overtime a hundred times. They didn't have everybody making dumb moves. Uh, a lot of the driving, I thought, especially for a cutoff race with people falling back when stuff got too hairy for him, I thought it was honestly smarter plate racing, because that's what I still call it, plate racing, than, yeah. than we've had in years. Uh, I think a lot of it has been the drivers need to adjust a bit, and I feel like in this especially, they adjusted really well. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, it, to to see people say like, hey, just get rid of super speedway racing, that's, no, that's no, never going to happen. That's, that's it's not going to happen. Yeah, never it's ever. It's tricky. I think anytime you see uh, big wrecks, like I think about Blaney's wreck, which I know we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah, but we'll talk about it know, next. He's week. about to win stage two, did everything right, and then gets hooked from behind 190 miles an hour into the wall head on. And I think as long as Daytona and Talladega style racing continue to be that flake, fluky, I think you'll, you'll, you'll consistently, like this argument is going to continue to come up. And it's usually going to come from people in the industry. You know, wives and girlfriends. I saw uh, Caitlin Larson tweeted that like something along the lines of, "Do we really need to keep going to like racing like this?" Like blah blah blah. Um, like that's who it's going to primarily be. But as long as we get big crashes and fast cars taken out by no fault of their own, it's going to continue. And it's to to a degree that the debate is fair because like the sport's biggest race, the Daytona 500, has increasingly become more and more of a crapshoot. And it's mm-hmm. like you know, you want the biggest races that we honor the most to actually honor the most deserving, the most competitive. And it doesn't always feel like we do, you know, so, but for every, you know, fluky Austin Cindric Daytona 500 win, you could also look at Brad Keselowski this year, great super speedway racer, fast super speedway cars. And I think he's finished sixth or better in like every super speedway race this year, something like that. Kyle, I think Kyle Busch so. still hasn't got one. He's won Daytona. He's but won see, exactly. So, and I'm sure he wants to win a 500. So there's yeah. two sides to the argument. There's the Kyle Busch has never won one. We know he's a great driver. Denny Hamlin though, Clearly a better super speedway race than most. He's got three Daytona 500. So like it's still up in the air, but that's why the debate continues. The crashes are dangerous and the racing is, there's a lot of luck involved, you know? So. I, th- I think mm-hmm. my biggest issue with it, and it's, it's the same issue I have when people are like, you know, it will be because it's a lot of industry people that say this too, are like, we need five or six or seven off weeks a year and to split the schedule <laughs> up into like five week spans and different stuff like that you know what you sign up for going in. And I know uh, it's, it's, well, no, it's good. It's gotta be a gauntlet. You're going to be on the road a lot, but yeah. it's not like this is, you know, and, and same with super speedway racing, having these issues. This, this It's not like this is a surprise. Like, like super speedway racing is I've heard the same complaint since I've been a fan. There's been the same complaint since before I've watched since before I've been born. It's the same complaints from drivers. But at this point we are, what are we now? Almost forty years into super speedway racing, thirty-five and, give or take. I mean, you and know also, what you're going into. Yeah, and also like, uh, how many years have we been in this type of super speedway racing, where we have you know either plates or taped spacers, if, like around the same time? No, that, that's what I'm. No, that's what I mean. Oh, okay, okay, okay. If, if we didn't, if racing. we didn't, okay. If we didn't step away from this, honestly, when Senior died then we're, we weren't going to step away from it. And that's a perfect segue into the next accident. Ryan Blaney's. Now I saw this and I didn't want to say anything at first because I didn't know if it was like, you know, what the reaction would be for that. Cause I, I wasn't really sure. But after seeing the reaction uh, on Twitter and you really everyone on social media, that accident was basically the closest accident to Dale senior's fatal crash. Looked I mean, it's like the closest. It, yeah. Looked just like it. Same turn. Um, the only difference was, you know, he was, you know, on the high side, Dale senior started on the low side, veered to the high side. 
Oh my gosh, that was a hard hit. That was extremely scary. And to, really, the the second hard hit Ryan Blaney's taken because remember Nashville to see that slow mo of the safer barrier caving in, bouncing him back off. You know that that was like such a good thing to see because you've seen, you know, whether you wanted to or not, you've seen that clip of what happened in 01. You've seen that car go into a solid concrete wall and just all that energy stopped right there versus this dissipated energy appropriately. Ryan walks away. It's crazy how far we've come. It really is. And it's crazy how far we've come even in the last year. Again, like NASCAR has tweaked the front clip of these cars. So they, they crush and crumble a little bit better, absorb the impact a little bit better. Uh, I actually talked to Brennan Poole on uh, my other podcast, Power Hour, this week. And he was in that crash. You kind of see him at the end spinning and hitting the inside oh, yeah. wall really hard. Um, and I asked him, like, how did that hit compare to well, hits in the old cars, hits in the next gen? And he actually said that hit was like better than almost any other hit he's taken similar. Like he said, he usually has a headache didn't have a headache and every flip is, or every wreck is different. Every Blaney's was obviously a harder impact, but that's just what I'm saying is NASCAR has made improvements even in the last year and to see him get out of the car and he hung around. I saw you know that wreck happened about halfway through the race, a little past halfway. Blaney went to the infield care center, was checked and released, spoke to media, went back to his motorhome, got changed, hung around. And I saw him on pit road after the race confronting Christopher Bell and talking to him for a minute about maybe what caused that wreck. So um, that tells me that, you know, Blaney was more or less okay uh, afterwards, which is again, like you guys are saying, that was just remarkable because I mean, they had to red flag the race to fix part of the track. He hit so hard. That's crazy. Well, and, and for me, I think the craziest wasn't the overhead angle of of the the hit into the wall it was when they showed the inside the car view and you see his head jolt forward but it didn't like go as because remember i believe it was last year we talked about ricky stenhouse and how his he went almost all the way into the steering wheel yeah i remember that wasn't that far i I know there's been a lot of improvements made but i know that one of the big things we talked about last year when we talked about safety is these big hits these these ones that we think are going to hurt people the next gen's better at it's like it's too rigid for the smaller hits so I I just I worry about um I worry about Blaney a little bit just because of hard hit after hard hit, especially after hitting that concrete wall at Nashville. Uh mm. but there hasn't been any word that he's not cleared the race or anything. So Yeah, I forgot about that Nashville hit. That one was really nasty. Yeah. I mean that one hits, still makes yeah. no sense of why SMI didn't get that handled the minute they bought that track. Yeah, and these hits take their toll after a while. I mean, just take a look at Junior. I mean, you know, he could have maybe raced longer if he didn't take all these hits well, neither. So you have to wonder, you know, what effect this will have on Blaney in the future. Well, look at Kurt Bush before the, the concussion <clears throat> that took him out. I mean, yep. that that he, re- he talked retired. about, you know, back last year. And I know he talked about other things this year, but he talked about last year, multiple big hits over and over again mm-hmm. literally somber note this weekend he officially finally yeah had to retire and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll touch on that yeah um, later on in the show as well but yeah just one of those unfortunate cases um yeah we certainly saw some of the worst crashes um not just at daytona but really in the in the short history of the next gen in one weekend honestly so um, it's great to see safeties, you know, evolved over the years. And it's great to see that these next gen cars are, you know, a little bit more safer than compared to a season ago. So that's good. Uh, good on NASCAR for improving those. But, hey, you know, we talked about all this negative stuff with the wrecking, you know, you know, potential, you know, other stuff. But let's talk about the pauses, man. That was an awesome race besides the wrecks, man. The package 
It was criticized for a little bit there, the next gen package on super speedways. But man, as soon as they started going three wide, like towards the end of what was it? Either it was either towards the end of stage one or at the beginning of stage two. That was both. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Both maybe. That they, was the first like insane. the first like 30 laps, 40 laps of stage two. They ran three wide, yeah. practically eight rows deep. Like that's, yeah. I, we had never seen that with this car. Yeah. Yeah, and there were parts where, like, you know, like, I, shout out to Riley Herbst. He was holding his own early on at first. But, like, there were parts where, like, you know, you could tell, you know, he had very little experience with that because then Denny Hamlin just leaves him out to dry there. Oh, I thought then, it was Harvick. Oh, uh, Harvick. Harvick. Oh, Harvick left him poor, out to dry? Poor Herbst was leading that line really well. And I think he had said, like, oh. he, ex- he was like, oh, okay, we're working with Kevin. And Kevin's like, screw you, kid. I got 10 races oh, left. Oh, no. That's right. Okay. Thank you for reminding but, me. That. But yeah, NBC did mention that throughout <laughs> the year, they've been slowly doing little tinkering changes to the Super Speedway package, even that they haven't announced. And that's you can good. clearly see uh, from, like, I think Daytona racing wise, it had its moments. Wasn't too great. Same with the first Atlanta, personally. Uh, I thought Talladega was a bit better, even though we did have our complaints. Atlanta was even better than that. And this is noticeably better. It reminds yeah. me of the early Gen 6 days. The early Gen 6 Super Speedway races weren't all that great, but they improved it uh, quickly throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And by that last yeah. Daytona race, that last Talladega race, it was a lot better. I, I, I'm finally, again, excited to go to Talladega racing-wise because I think we're going to see this kind of racing again. The, the third line now is a viable option. And I, I'll just say this. As a fan, those 30 or so laps, I was sitting there at my screen right here going, Oh my god, this is awesome! Like I'm sitting there, like ah, like yeah, because like, there's a lot I'm, on the line. I yeah. am geeking as a fan. Not even that, just geeking at the fact that you could make moves. Handling mattered. And, like you saw where they were going through the corners. It wasn't just saving gas. Is this track surface is almost 15 years old, and it reminded me of of those old Pepsi 400s where. You see them lifting out of the gas. They're washing up the track. They're having to manhandle the car. They can't make some of the dumb moves. The track itself is really coming into a sweet spot now. This many years after the repave. I'm so I'm I'm sorry. This makes me so excited because I love when handling matters at these super speedway races. It was repaved in what eleven, so it's now twelve years old. Uh, ten, yeah, twenty ten. Ten uh, before because it was they tore it apart. Like yeah, first race that first race was twenty eleven. Yep. Yeah, so I'm okay. I'm excited, man. I like I I don't. It's probably pretty easy to tell, but I'm I was geeking at this. Yeah, you know, wow. You say, and and in oh. six years, the new Daytona service can vote. <laughs> there you go. But um, but yeah, look, it, you know, you talk about you know um, you know, they made you know little improvements to the uh, uh super speedway package every now and then. Oh, can we get that for the short tracks, please? Am I right? Come on, can, can we well, get that, please? I, I think that's more of a design issue, whereas like the super speedway package. I mean, let's let's be honest. They're not shifting at the super speedways, but it's like, yeah. Well, I I just I like this because I think it's gonna keep this aging of the track is gonna stop drivers, especially later in runs, from making dumb moves, and it's gonna spread the pack out a little bit. Uh, which <laughs> I, it it sounds bad saying that, but I think that it actually will help having it a little more spread out. You'll probably have have to have bigger runs. If, I with different drivers it's just I think it's going to improve the racing in ways that slowly but surely we'll see 
Yeah, hopefully less wrecks in the future. I mean, if they're going to be a little bit more spread out, yeah, that'll lead to less wrecks and stuff. So if you're against super speedway racing, there you go. Hey, you know, <laughs> you might um, might see some improvement there. Watch the mid 2000s and early 2000s. Everyone thinks it's like everybody was all together and it was just no. like the Gen 6. No, they were they were spread out. No. Na and if, if NASCAR wants to, to stop the wrecks, which listen, this is this is an outlier at the moment for not being wreck filled at the finish the whole time. Uh, if they want to spread them out, look back to the past. Maybe maybe f smaller fuel cells, so they have to pit more under green. You know, different things like that. Mm. Uh, you saw at the end of the race, like it took everybody in that second group lining up and making their way up. Maybe NASCAR can go more that direction to keep the drivers, you know, from from themselves when it comes to wrecking. I I don't know. I just. I, I, I'm really liking this direction it's going of not being a complete wreck fest. It's going to require more talent, and I think it's going to have better drivers in the future being up at the front battling for the win. I mean, look at our front four at the end. Like, I think all four of those drivers are solid, good talents. Or yeah, they great. they were deserving. They were deserving of those finishes, absolutely. And they didn't get you know taken out because of some BS wreck or whatever. And to, to Eric's earlier point about you know the biggest race being a crapshoot, if it continues to improve, that could be a thing of the past. So it's always good to see. Um, but yeah, real quick shout out to the chat. Shout out to to Skew Car, NASCAR are out, and and Ellie Productions for showing up. Really appreciate it, guys. And we got a hundred, just a little under hundred fifty watching. Make sure to lick the like button, everybody. Or I'm at 550. Sorry, 550. I, I, I get, I get having the nom flashbacks about the 550 uh, word, but uh, those were those were season one numbers. Don't, I remember. Dis, don't discredit the the great uh, chat and how how much. Oh uh, man, I, I'm I'm if you see me looking here, it's because y'all are going nuts in the chat and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry guys, make sure to lick the like button. Just under 550 watching. Make sure to lick it. Really appreciate it. Um, so you talk about those top three finishers, you know, deserving their finishes. You know, they deserve to be up there. We're going to have to get to one of them and talk about their playoff hopes being dashed. But first, let's start with something positive. Bubba Wallace has made the NASCAR playoffs. I was the only one who predicted he wouldn't make it. And now I look like a fool. And I have, I have never been so happier. I've never been happier to look like a fool in my life. It's a long. It was a long time in the making. Finally, Bubba Wallace delivers. Don't worry. Uh, 30, I, I've learned they will never let you forget your uh, your bad decisions of production. Oh no, Oof. you might as well. I, you might as well live with it. Exactly. You might as well just take it like a man. You know. But but yeah. Well, hey, I mean, can, can anyone truthfully say they blame you based on the last few seasons? I mean, yeah. But it's funny. It's even funnier because I was the only one. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's that's what that's what makes it even funnier. But. Hey, let's talk about Bubba Wallace really quick. Bubba Wallace, man, third year with the team. It's about time he makes it in. But uh, Eric, I mean, like, do you think in a way this sort of, you know, like, you know, quiets the doubters or, you know, because of the two Hendrick drivers missing, you know, because of sort of, you know, mostly due to injury and stuff. Could that also, you know, play a role? What do you think? Yeah, I don't want to get into the, the technicality of it too much. Sure. If Bowman doesn't miss three races or whatever it was and get a 60 point penalty, he yeah. beats Bubba Wallace. Chase Elliott doesn't get doesn't get hurt. He probably beats both. Like, so I don't I don't want to get into that because that, yeah. that sort of brings the, the whole fact. Down. The fact of the matter is he made it. Okay, and the Elliott fact is Bowman could have won a race. Exactly. exactly. The fact is Bubba did make it, and if you look at his numbers this year, uh, you know the his first two years of twenty three eleven, they started out really bad. It took him all summer. It felt like to get to where okay, this looks like a playoff team, and then they'd win a race too late. Um, this year, if you look at the numbers, they started bad again, kind of, but. 
they figured it out quicker. And I think in like May, between like Kansas, Darlington, they rattled off like three straight top fives. It's like, oh, they haven't done that previous season. So clearly this year, they were ready to take a step forward early on. Um, he hasn't won a race yet this year, but he has. he's currently sitting at a career best average finish for a season by at least two positions, I think, over last year. So uh, he's clearly improved. I think Bubba and Booty Barker, that Barker, that's a great team over there. Like they're a good duo. I think bringing Tyler Reddick in, I mean, you lost something by Kurt Busch not driving, but he's still there. And then you added another great young driver in Tyler Reddick. So I just think the whole group is stronger this year, Bubba included. So no, no, I think he deserves a lot of credit. It was cool to see uh, Michael Jordan, who has uh, oh, yeah. been more involved with the team since, um, since selling the Charlotte Hornets, at least um, <laughs> he was there. And I know I think I overheard either somebody might've been the teardown. I heard this, or maybe I heard this from somebody else um, that like the team intentionally will like keep Michael Jordan away from Bubba. Cause you know, go back to Kyle Petty's comments. He's like, they think he psychs Bubba out and like causes him oh. to like put too much pressure on himself and make mistakes. Huh. And so uh, I gonna go, uh, Mr. Jordan, you're not permitted to see our clients. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, he's got like his VIP hot pass or whatever. Yeah, that, uh, imagine, sir, yeah. So we need you to stay that. behind the gate. We need you imagine, to stay back here. Imagine telling Michael Jordan, <laughs> Hey, you can't talk to your own athlete well, by the way. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, either way, either way, the fact that then after the race, all that relief, all that joy and excitement, they were able to sort of celebrate mm-hmm. that moment. Hamlin was one of the first to come over and congratulate Bubba as well. Um, that was cool. So no, I'm, I'm really happy for Bubba. They've clearly taken another small step this year. Like I like that year one to year two to year three. They've gotten slightly better each season. Yeah. That's good. That's really good, good. for them. Uh, yeah. As my wife pointed out, it's like when Peyton Manning comes to Tennessee balls game that typically can put some bad juju on them. <laughs> well, and oh, yeah, bad Isaac here. Um, I, I just actually was spending a little time here while you guys were talking, counting it out. And he is, uh, been my fact checker here, uh, but credit to Eric and Danny for getting 12 of the 16, right? Which I got to say oh. for most years, like we usually, usually all of us, I'd be 13, low. 14. So yeah, Oh so god! They got twelve. I, I got eleven. Darian got ten. Okay, Ooh. at least all right. At least I was in the double digits. Okay, okay. Good job, Danny. Danny, I we can't gotta, remember who a, I picked originally. Now you got a high five, Danny. Uh, to your to your right, I think. <laughs> yeah. if, if I'm looking at Jared's screen. Other right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Other way. Yep. Oh, no, yep. yeah, other way. Other way. Yeah. There you go. Good there job. You go. <laughs> but yeah, hey, at least I got. At least I was in the the teens. To still, be so to be fair to all of us, like. Did we really expect everything that happened to Bowman and Elliot? Like that that really put the numbers no. down a bit. No, I mean I, I started I started dunking on Bowman towards the end. Honestly, oh, play into the main. I, I will but... say I will say this right now. Uh I fully admit my dumb pick with Byron, but I was the only one who didn't pick Briscoe, who said Briscoe yeah. was gonna miss too. So I mean I'm I I'm, I, I guess some of miss some. Yeah, no, I, I talked about this in my video yesterday. I was I, I don't I bought into the Briscoe hype way too soon. Because <laughs> last year he was not very good last year outside of that Phoenix win and the playoffs. And even in the playoffs, it felt like they were just scraping by with top yeah. ten, top ten, top ten on strategy, on who knows what. Uh Stuart Haas Racing has been declining year after year. I shouldn't have bought into the Chase Briscoe hype, but, hey, but no, the Elliot and Bowman, Elliot Bowman blew up a lot of people's playoff hey, grids. At least sure. you didn't at least you didn't have both colleague cars in like I did. No, I had one like of them. A, yeah, I had both. I mean, we all had Almendinger. I, oh. I gotta, I gotta give this to Bowman though. He blew a first place point standings this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I felt that's so right. bad because Bowman was honestly putting together probably the most solid yeah. season of his. Career. It was the best year of his and, entire career. And you know what? That's a perfect segue into the next thing. Unfortunately, 
Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman missed the playoffs, which means half of Hendrick Motorsports are not going to run for a championship. And, you know, oh, go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. I was just going to say about Bowman, you know, he's got the contract extension. I think he proved earlier this year before all this happened why he got it. But then I, I, me and Jared talked about this. I just don't think he was ready to come back as soon as he did. Yeah. It was kind of like if they didn't come back then, it was going to be definitely out of reach. And ultimately it was out of reach. I I had had that theory and I I wanted to like, you know, and I talked a bit about it, but it was, it was once Denny who has went through this said, it's like, yeah, he's, he is like, he's not a hundred percent. I, I, I still have faith for next year. Have that recovery time. Make sure that I think he might be fine now. Even, but I, I will say that, that extension goes through what twenty five, twenty five or twenty six. I don't remember. I don't remember off the top of my head. If it's twenty five, I will say if he has a season that's middle of the road next year, or he doesn't win, Ooh. and then you're going into a contract year with what? How long removed did it be? Almost well, three years removed from a win. So that 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 will be. An interesting I'm thinking hold. of what's coming up the pipeline. For a while, there hasn't been anyone in the junior motorsports pipeline that's made me worry for him. Depending on what happens, I'm kind of wondering if we see Carson Hosevar get a junior motorsports deal. If that happens, he's someone I would keep my eyes on. Well, yeah, and, if, and, and if sponsorship doesn't uh, go right, Brandon Jones is always there oh, with God. that Menard sponsorship. And- and really quick, before I move on to Eric and, you know, get his opinion, let me just say this. You know, I know, you know, I, I was basically trolling Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott fans all weekend. Look, that was planned. OK. And yes, I had the video planned out and stuff. Oh, and fun fact, after I uploaded that the next day, I had lost 30 subscribers, but then I gained them back. So you guys are awesome. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. No, but no, look, you lost you lost supporters and you gained haters of them. That's what I, I guess. So, yeah, I guess so. I, I guess, came you know, back as haters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but you know what? Look, look, looking at it objectively. All right, let's get all the trolling and stuff. Let's let's be for real. Okay. Mostly due to injuries, you know, and you know, missing races and stuff like that. And of course, Chase Elliott being suspended that one race is the reason they didn't make the playoffs. Because when you look at the stats, Chase Elliott actually wasn't that bad in his return. I mean, two second place finishes, but of course, he had to get the win to even have a shot at competing for a championship. And Alex Bowman, like Danny said was just never the same. So I ran a poll in the chat and I agree with 90% of the chat. Look, it's Hendrick Motorsports. I think they're still, they still have a ton of production left. They will rebound next year. Well, and I, I said it today uh, in the video I put out, especially with, with Chase Elliott, people need to relax. Like calm, like I'm saying haters of Chase Elliott, like, yeah, you can have your victory lap or whatever, uh, but you're not like, especially history showing with Chase Elliott and how he did this year as a down year uh, you're not going to get many more chances to do that in the near future. And fans of his that are wanting everything blown up, relax. Just just chill, relax. Because Chase Elliott, I was looking, if you would put the, the points per race for 19 races, it was, I think, 27.7 was what it rounded to. You put that to a 26-race schedule, he's 10th in points. He's getting mm-hmm. playoff points off of where he is in the standings. The team itself, even with with the patchwork quilt of drivers filling in for Elliott on top of his performance, uh, and and basically taking himself out with Denny Hamlin, still would have made it points wise. I know that obviously racing different, blah blah blah. We all know that. So I, if this is the down year, and in twenty nine starts, as long as he doesn't miss another race, he's on track for about eleven top fives and sixteen top tens. Neither of those are career lows of his. 
and he's made the playoffs every year before this. Yeah, he's fine. But while we're talking about numbers, though, there is one number that does concern me if I'm a Chase Elliott fan, and I do believe he'll bounce back. It's laps led. Mm. He's led, I think, 41 laps this year, and I think like his previous career low was his rookie season where he led like almost 400 laps. So uh, that is, he's been around the top 10. He just hasn't been around the top three very much. And that is a little bit of a concern. I think he'll be back stronger next year. What'd you find? What'd you find this? And again, a lot of time left probably could change depending on, on how they do. But at the moment, this is the first time ever. I think that I've seen where chase Elliott is lowest at Hendrick and laps led Alex Bowman is sitting at 75 to, oh, to Elliot's 41. I know it's not really that big of a deal. And, you know, but that's surprising at, for this year. Uh, yeah. But I do agree. Laps. Led, I think laps led is very important. Elliot didn't run well, but he would finish well. A lot of the time is what, what mm-hmm. I kind of noticed with it. But yeah. yeah, I still, I still, I mean, I think he's one of the top five drivers in NASCAR, even with this down year, I, you look at, especially about 2018 to 2022, Five years, 18 wins. The years before that, he was always competing for wins. Um, I, I just, I, I think that that because of how for Elliott, how unprecedented this season is, I think people are just blowing it out of proportion. I, I really think he's going to be a championship. Th- he probably, if if I had to bet, would probably be a favorite for the championship next year. Just There's still ten races left. Who's to say they won't spoil again? Like we've yeah. seen Alex Bowman play spoiler at Martinsville. I mean, yeah. maybe this is yeah. a hot take. I'll go as far out to say it. I think that Elliott and that nine team is the best driver team combo to miss the playoffs or chase since Tony Stewart 2006. And chase I think could that he still, could do the same thing there. He could still easily go out and win a couple of races. The Roval, one mm-hmm. thing comes to mind. I, yeah. I, like Ellie says, Dega. I mean, he's a good super speed. I mean. Uh, yes, they're going for the owner's championship, so they'll probably race a bit differently. Uh, yeah. but, but I I personally don't think they'll make it further too far in that. Like I think they're going to go for wins more, and I think they're yeah. just going to go all out in a way that they had, probably hadn't been going necessarily beforehand. Maybe they'll run out of gas again. Who knows? Yeah, and and really quick, too, um, before we move on, uh, for those who are asking for Gustafson to be fired and stuff, look, I mean, like, we just pointed out, like, hey, they were still running good for the most part once he came back, once Elliot came back. So all I'll say is be careful hey, what you wish for. I'm, be careful. I'm just, I'm just saying, Gustafson, crew chief, that car is still in the owner's championship standings, and it wasn't. It wasn't Alan Gustin who went skiing. It wasn't Alan Gustin who turned right into Denny Hamlin. It's true. It's true. Uh, yeah. Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott was playing strong defense for Alan Gustafson at Daytona this weekend. <laughs> okay. Good. About good. Him, so. Good. Yeah. He as he should, and he he realizes it. Uh, we're talking about Chase Elliott, but we're kind of forgetting about Bowman. Bowman could do good too. He could do well, good I, in the final two races. Bowman's so Bowman's so odd to me. Like he's he he always. Alex he's always Bowman, on a tight leash. He, well, and well, he has, he has, at, and he's shown it. Twenty twenty one, which, by the way, for all you Hendrick fans, I did predict that one right. <laughs> uh, but twenty twenty one, four wins. You know, he's he's got a lot of speed. End of twenty twenty, really had, had pushed over into that season where he was really consistent the year before. But then there's other times where he'll just go like fifteen weeks without a top ten, and that's the thing about Bowman that I just can't, I can never properly guess with him is. Which Bowman are we going to get? Are we going to yeah. get Showman the Bowman or Loman the Bowman? There's or so Sloman much the potential Bowman. there yeah. with him. <laughs> yeah. and, and it proves why you don't get seven wins in the NASCAR Cup Series for no reason. 
Yeah, no, you don't. I mean, like he's definitely earned his place on that team. But again, there's some younger drivers out there who are looking to take that same seat, you know? So Yeah, I mean, I think seven wins is fine and all, but how many cases you can get before it's time to move on? Exactly. And exactly. He, yeah, and he's still, I mean, it's not a great year, but I mean, he still has eight top tens this year. Elliot has nine. Like, it's not terrible. Yeah, it, I think we got to put that in perspective too. Like, he's not been horrid. It's just not as good as the start of the year. He, he's not 2008 Casey Mears. Let's put it that way. There you go. Yes. <laughs> well, and I want to mention, you know, Danny mentioned the short leash. Historically, that may be true. He's got a long leash now. I just looked it up. His contract does go through 2026. Oh, oh good. That is three more full seasons on top of this year. Like, I mean, that's a lot of time to figure it out. So I mean, don't start <laughs> buying your Carson House of our 48 gear merch. <laughs> don't buy yeah. it. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't release the bootleg merch quite yet. <laughs> don't release it yet. <laughs> oh, man. But those are the drivers. Uh, we talked about one driver who made it in the playoffs. Those are the two most notable drivers who missed it. Now let's get to the official playoff grid. Okay. Um, let's go over it. Uh, we're going to start with the, uh, the top 12 who are already in. Uh, to start, William Byron leads the way at, oh, actually, William Byron and Martin Truex Jr. at tie, or, um, they're both tied at plus 29. Um, but Truex did end up winning the um, the regular season championship. Denny Hamlin's third at plus 18. Chris Buescher at fourth at plus 14. Uh, Kyle Busch plus 12 and fifth. In sixth is Kyle Larson plus 10. Seventh, Christopher Bell plus seven. Eighth, Ross Chastain plus four. Ninth, Brad Keselowski plus three. Tenth, Tyler Reddick plus two. Eleven, Joey Logano plus one. Tied with his teammate in twelfth, uh, Ryan Blaney at plus one. Now, the bottom four to start the playoffs, uh, Michael McDowell minus one. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. minus three. Kevin Harvick minus four. And finally, Bubba Wallace minus eight. So... Um, hey, I, fellas, I mean, like, this is a very competitive field. Uh, obviously, most of the playoff grid won races this year. Um, y- you know, I, I guess, like, the first easiest question is, I guess we could predict early on and stuff, like, uh, who they think, uh, um, which four you think will miss it and stuff. But the first question I want to ask is, um, how many drivers do you um, um, do you think you can make uh you can make a case for to win the championship here. Cause right now I think I see like five, six drivers. I feel like you can make a case for to win the championship. Eric, I'll start off with you. Oh, I think you could make the case a legitimate case for close to a dozen cars that could, or drivers cars that could legitimately win the championship. Um, anyone who drives for Joe Gibbs racing, easy. The two Hendrick cars, easy. So there's five right there. Chastain was there last year. Now that team has been so up and down inconsistent. Um, I dare I say bad, honestly, since Nashville, um, so I, they need to turn things around quick, but, uh, you know, the two RFK guys at this point, I can't bet against them. I, they're not the favorites to win the title by any means, but I could, I could write a, a, a dissertation about why they have a fighting chance. Tyler Reddick, shoot. I picked him to win the title last year in RCR equipment. Who's to say he, he should, he wouldn't be a contender again this year. And then even the two Penske guys, that's what jumps out at me though. Looking at the points is that Logano and Blaney Logano, the defending champ. They're plus one right now. They're both sitting, they're sharing that cut line. They are just barely to the good. Now, fortunately for them, I look at McDowell. He's been good, not great. Stenhouse, been okay, not great. Harvick, I don't trust Stuart Haas. And Bubba, minus eight. Luckily for the two Penske guys, I don't think they're going to face a ton of opposition this first round. But boy, that's a precarious situation to still be in, especially with Kansas. And we know how much Bubba Wallace likes Kansas. Mm Mm-hmm. If I'm looking at it, I'm going to say 10 or 11. 
Uh, there's some for me that are just I, I can't make the case for. And I know people are going to be upset at me. This is actually my backup hot take. I can't make a case for Blaney at this point. I, th- that That's team, fair. Yeah, that team I agree. in the first 14, 15 races was one of the best in, in NASCAR. And they have, I believe, when you look at the unadjusted points, Blaney from the points lead to 13th. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, uh, I know he only has the- four top fives, which is, I mean, pretty bad for a Penske driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many times have I said this before? The first round of the playoffs never, ever sets up good for Ryan Blaney because of mm-hmm. what usually happens to him at Darlington, Bristol. Used to be Richmond. Now we got Kansas in there in his place. Um, yeah, I, I don't – I. I could even see shocker once again. Blaney gets out first round. It could even happen. Yeah, and uh, I just looking at this really quick poll too. I think they um, the chat mostly agrees with me. I said I felt like you can make a case for six drivers winning the championship, and they fifty three percent are saying in the four to eight range. They um, those are the number of drivers they can make a case for. But uh, no Danny, one's mentioned no one's mentioned Kyle Bush yet, and I don't yep. need to take this. If you well, want to I talk actually about wanted to mention fine. Kyle Bush. My uh, bad. Kyle, go for it. Yeah, go Kyle for it. Bush. Just like what Jared was saying about Alex Bowman, you never know which Kyle, which Alex Bowman you'd get. Same thing with Kyle Bush this season. I never know which Kyle Bush I'm going to get. You pick him one week to win, and he's mm-hmm. crashed out in the first few laps. Or you don't have your eye on him, and he's going out, he's dominating a race at Gateway and winning it. So you just you don't know what Kyle Bush we're going to get this season, but he has proven to be capable of three victories this year. So right. that's that's a really good thing. And if that Kyle Bush comes out every race – then yeah, he's in he's in championship for Phoenix all day, but I just don't know what version we're going to get of him. Well, and and looking at at the other end too, he's got five DNFs. The only other person that has more DNFs in the playoffs than Kyle Busch is Kyle Larson. That's another one. Kyle Larson, I I can legitimately make a case that Kyle Larson can win the championship, and I can also make a completely legitimate case that he's going to be eliminated in the first round. It's insane. Yeah, it's bad but true. It's insane. I mean, his stat line this year is insane. Two wins, two pulls, 10 top fives, 11 top 10, 60 NFs, has led over 600 laps. I mean, he, <laughs> he is the he, he is the epitome this year of checkers or wreckers. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I'm just because 2003, this- Rob, I'm sorry, 2003 Ryan Newman type season. Sorry, Eric. No, I'm just going to say this first round is just so interesting because we saw how Darlington ended in the spring with the two leaders crashing on the final one of the final restarts. <laughs> and if, if that happens and Larson struggles that other two somehow, then what do we got? Yeah, true that. Kansas is a very particular kind of track. And then Bristol. We only go there once now. Bristol is a wild card in a, in many ways. Um, what what will be interesting this year, though, is like is last year, if I remember correctly, we had a couple of favorites knocked out early. It was Reddick and Harvick got eliminated in the round of 16, and I think both of them were considered surprises. And both cases, well, I don't remember Reddick's now. Reddick, I know he blew a tire, I think, in one race. Um, but I know in Harvick's case, that was the crappy-ass parts meme. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw a lot of tire failures. We saw a lot of steering issues. I think if it was Darlington, right? Harvick had an issue. And I think like two Gibbs cars had issues in that race with steering issues. Uh, we haven't seen those kinds of technical pop uh, glitches pop up on the next gen as much this season. Um, so I, I, you know, I predict there'll be one somewhat surprising elimination in the first round, but I don't think we'll have like two or even three, like we've had in previous seasons. Who, who one driver or even multiple drivers at the bottom four, do you guys feel can make it to the next round. Uh, I will go um, Harvick. I feel like Harvick's the easiest pick. 
Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that 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 is the easiest one. Let me see if I can find it. Well, I I think outside of last year's crappy ass parts deal, him and Rodney Childers since he joined SHR have had like a three point six average finish at Darlington. And yeah, no, Har- Harvick's a good pick. I would also throw Bubba out there just because of Kansas. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually be bold. I'm gonna say I think both Harvick. And Bubba can make an inning. Harvick can do good in these, all these next three races and get him get him by that. Bubba, I think, could potentially be my pick to win Kansas next week. I'm not decided on that. Yeah. I could also then see if they go in, Blaney out first round. And if they don't get their crap together like they had the, towards the end of the regular season, Ross Chastain could very well go out this first round. And, and, and I'll say this. I... I have no real uh, confidence in Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He started the no, year no. so much better. He Ricky Stenhouse Jr., in my opinion, is the weak link. If he makes it further, he is always going to be the first one people say will mm-hmm. get eliminated. Yeah, yeah that's probably true. That. Yeah. All right. So those are, that is the official playoff grid. We will see who the first four will be bumped out. Now moving on, we're going to go over uh, certain ratings. First off, the TV ratings. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I, I got it. The cup oh, race got, got okay. 1.8 in the rating department. And if you include the 114 K on Peacock and the app, 3.382 million, uh, down 14% from 2021 in viewership up 17% from 2020. Cause that was just a weird year. Uh, 835 K in the key demo, which is 20 well, it's 25.5 round up 26% of the total audience, which for NASCAR is dang. Uh, Xfinity also got 972,000 where the trucks on Sunday at Milwaukee got 521. All right. Yeah. The 26% being in that demographic is definitely high for NASCAR standards. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. So not a bad weekend overall, not a bad weekend. And, uh, you know, you know, you know, we got to continue with the ratings part, which means it's time for the poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR weekly podcast. What were the poll ratings this week? Uh, well, I, I had asked uh, what people thought of the 2023 Coke Zero Sugar 400 and 67% of you said it was a great race, which is actually higher than a lot of races. We've done this poll for just positivity in general. Hmm. Uh, 24% said it was good. So the net positivity was it 24? No, 25% said it was good. So net positivity is 92%, which is, I believe, either ties or is the 2023 high. Uh, 6% said average, one below average, 2% said it was bad. So 3% net negative, not too bad. And uh, shocker, Spencer got the first comment, positive, Uh, negative, or meme? I will go with meme. Positive meme all right so what we got with this one he says i can pull it up uh in narrator voice in a world where the playoff field has been set one will stand victorious after 10 weeks of racing action side note i'm glad ryan priest was okay that was vicious oh kind of can't go wrong with the meme pick well kind of yeah uh look at look at some of the other ones top one here is from brandon a1 uh you said it had everything you love about a Daytona race, multiple lanes, carnage, an intense finish, high stakes. As a Brad K fan, I'm extremely happy for Roush, and this team is officially a championship contender. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, he's a very happy Brad fan. Nice. Uh, 
The Sloth Nerd says, My heart is still stopped after that flip. Been watching since 2007. Never saw a stock car get that high in the air live on TV. Mm, yeah, good point. Good point. And you've seen a lot of flips since then, too, since you've been watching in 07. Uh, Striker31 says, Brad Kozlowski might just be one of the best driver owners ever. RFK is back. A lot of stuff about RFK. Yeah, yeah. Happy. Uh, Twister says, best Daytona race in years. Uh, let's see. Power of the Poof says, while we couldn't get a top two, uh, a top. Yeah, type is better, buddy. It's, ed- <laughs> it's edited. It's I know what edited. you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, while we couldn't get a P2 from the 16, the 77 was willed to their best finish of the year by the NWP chat. No doubt our power. Hey, great. Yeah, chat seemed like seems like a smart pick now, chat. Good job. <laughs> uh Sumerian Lion says, season's over. Congrats to Truex. He won the championship. Oh. Oh, come on, man. I'm just uh, saying I, he's good. I'm not sold. Yeah. Nobody's really locked in yet. I, I don't on. think that's what they mean, guys. Oh, what did they mean? Oh, never mind. <laughs> I, I was confused. Know. Yeah, I was confused for a second. Uh, let's Talk see. Me later. I'll, I'll keep my innocence, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. It's literally just they don't like the playoffs. Oh, <laughs> so. Oh, got you. Okay, okay. Uh, OBG gotcha. Gamer says, great racing, anticlimactic finish. Uh, UTP216 says, except for that priest wreck and Harvick <laughs> losing it, it was a great race. Let's get to yeah. the bottom. Let's get to the gutter. All the gutters. We got 350. What's the bad ones? We got 350. Uh, let's see. Uh, can't read that one. <laughs> uh, let's see. We love the gutter. Yeah. Can read that one. I, <laughs> and but I will choose not name. to. Um, let's see. All right. Here we go. We got we got him. Finally. <laughs> Dixon Butt. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, you ran into that. <laughs> Let's hear what Mr. Butt has to say. Come yeah, what's Mr. Butt? I, have to I, say? Let's see what what Dixon has to say here. Uh, <laughs> worst season of NASCAR ever from a reputable source. Okay, okay. Well, if, if Dixon yeah. Butt yeah. says so, yeah, then it must be true. Yeah. Bucket foot baseball uh, <laughs> says yet another Daytona embarrassment to car racing. Oh, sorry. This is nothing having to do with car racing about this place. It's strictly entertainment for Demolition Derby fans. Oh, man. So he doesn't like Daytona. That's each their own. And then this one's topical for the last week's news. I show meat, says. Uh, Bubba in, chase out, love to see it, baby, with a bunch of ha-has. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, obviously, obviously, this user is a huge fan of... Uh, uh, just beef, me. rib, stuff like that. They're very excited just to see. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And bricks. True that. Yeah, true that. And, true uh, that. And that is, that, that is, you know what, for once, it actually is the gutter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was a, that gotta, was a gutter. I think. We got to clean ourselves off afterwards. We get but, some leaf filter. Yeah, for <laughs> real. But once again, that'll do it for this edition of The Poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Fellas. Uh, I, I, I mean, look, two. yeah, yeah. The Cup Series race was awesome and stuff, but we got two more races to get to here. So Xfinity race happened. Uh, me and Danny, like Danny said earlier, we were at a uh, WWE event in Louisville, RIP to the late Bray Wyatt. Um, 
So we got to take that in. But uh, Eric, you were at the race and Jared, you watched. Eric, I'll start off with you. Uh, just take us through the race, man. It was a pretty close finish. Uh, yeah, a few pretty big crashes. A uh, couple things that stood out to me. Uh, once again, the RCR cars were the best in the field. Um, man, I don't know what Sheldon Creed's got to do to win a race. <laughs> but <laughs> sell a soul, sell a soul, I guess. My gosh. Um, uh, and Trevor Bain, I was, I picked Trevor Bain to win. So I was watching him especially closely. Um, so close. Close. He was, he was in the mix all night, led some laps. Uh, and you know, he wrecked, it was a big wreck on a restart at the very end there. Still don't know exactly who it was, but I think Bain ultimately, I mean, Bain, Bain said he threw a late block, but I think Hill jumping out when he did probably did get Bain a little loose, you know, but, but ultimately, you know, it was, it was a very aggressive move by Austin Hill. Not sure I would have made that move. It was a, it was a very high risk, moderate reward type move. Bain though, throwing the late block causes the the wreck ultimately. Um, that was disappointing, but, uh, I mean, no great finish. I mean, Justin Allgaier, I didn't realize he'd never won at Daytona before, but it was a win that clearly meant a lot to him. And I always appreciate when a driver gets out of their car and it's not, you know, just, Hey, love it for my guys. Let me put a big hat on. No, it's like, gosh, I've always wanted to win here. This is like a dream come true. This place means yeah. so much to me, my team owner, blah, blah, blah. Really appreciate that. So I is that to- yeah, it totally didn't take a shot at uh, Willie B there, huh? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even say his name. I didn't say anything. Man, come on. Bro. What are you talking about? Oh, man. All right, Jared, what'd you think, bro? What'd you think? <laughs> man, maybe you might get the heat off me from the Byron fans this week. Um, I, I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I think that the cup race was better. Uh, I will say also it was a bit of redemption on Allgaier's part for the JRM meltdown at the start That's of right. the year. That's right. And then I also I think I yeah. saw somebody put... Uh, the, basically the comment of well, JRM didn't blow it because there weren't enough cars left to blow it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did want to point out that the, you know, the night, yes, didn't end out well for him, but Trevor Bain was impressive. Uh, he looked like he hadn't missed a beat. Uh, Riley Herbst had a miserable night. Man, and oh, yeah. let me just bring that up. Isn't this the second week in a row he has some sort of mechanical failure, correct? So it's not because of him, because he was well on his way to making the playoffs, it seemed like. So it has nothing to do with him. Yeah, That's this, all the team. This 98 team, whether it's their fault or not, has completely collapsed in the second half of the season. And it's it, yeah. it's it's the first half of the year up until about Martinsville, this team could not do any wrong. They were always between like fourth and about eighth every week and they always got finishes there and the xfinity program could be a sign of what we've been thinking all along in the cup side of things shr in general you know across the board not looking like they're all the way there at least in the past like we've seen teams like rcr be great in xfinity not so much in cup now they're they're kind of good on all sides now yeah that's true yeah uh, herbst was angry over the radio Mm -hmm. I, i didn't hear exactly what he said uh, beforehand but i think he had been reporting to the crew that there's something wrong with the car yeah for a while they left him out there and it blows up on them i mean he has, he has every right to be upset um upset with how that played out also just kind of off topic but i like this comment from ali in the chat um you know imagine first cup season one was won by a byron red byron and then the 75th season gets won by a, a oh. byron as well what are the odds Oh, yeah. Awesome. That if that is, happens. Cool. He is one yeah. of the favorites, if that happens. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. No relation, of course, uh, but that'd be cool. But I think the, the big highlight that people take away from the night, though, is is Creed getting beat to the line by Allgaier by five one-thousandths of a second, which is tied for the fourth closest Xfinity finish ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was tense. I, I, was, I was watching from Pit Road. I just happened to be standing by Sheldon Creed's pit box at the end of the race. I kind of looked over. I was like, oh, this 
it's a good place to stand. Okay, let's watch the finish. And uh, there's, I think I posted a video. There's a couple of guys that quite literally dropped to their knees out of disappointment that they lost by that much. <laughs> I so was, hey, can't blame them. Can't blame. It was them, a man. painful sight. So yeah, can't to, blame them. Yeah, that's sad. But but for the most part, it looked like at least from you know me looking at the leaderboards on the NASCAR app that RCR pretty much dominated most of this race, right? Or no? They were the best cars, but they they didn't work together very well. It, now the race got really competitive. Like you had to kind of block multiple lanes. It was hard to always stay locked up to each other. But like there was two or three moments where Hill just bailed on Creed for no real reason. Mm. Creed did the same to him. So you know they both ended up well, no. Hill got into, got caught up in a wreck, which kind of took him out of contention to help Sheldon create the end. And I think it's just, you know, they just weren't, they were not working together as well as they probably should have been considering how fast they were. JGR was the team, like the overall team that worked together the best, had just as fast a car as it looked like. And at one point, it was just the four JGR cars against the train. And they drafted their way up, side drafted, moved like at just as a, hive mind almost just a unit everywhere the first one went they all were in the same uh formation and they made it from outside the top 10 i think all the way into the lead it was it was really impressive to watch because it's you don't, don't very often you see what 25 30 cars get beat by four on the bottom line yeah that's true yeah they were a unit indeed. But yeah, I would love to see Trevor Bain come back full time and some, you know, or like at He's least got, do some more races. They gave him three really good races. Like Daytona obviously didn't work out, but he was in the mix all night. He's got yeah. Bristol and Texas. And He's I don't know Bristol, win Bristol for a long time. That'd be, that'd be cool if he won Bristol. I yeah. know Bristol matters to him a lot. And I know Texas historically was one of his best tracks. So yeah, I remember He's, watching. He's got to really want to win Bristol. Yeah, I remember watching him like this was back in 2006. This is just some random day. They were like showing Hooters Pro Cup races on speed and he happened to be driving in a Ford. I believe he was sponsored by McDonald's, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody correct me on that. But I remember he was sponsored by a major sponsor for that. And it happened to be at Bristol. The 2011 race, he mm-hmm. ran the Pat Summit car, the Tennessee Orange uh-huh. car, put it on the pole for that Xfinity race. Did good, but didn't win it. Yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, hey, come back full time or come back and do more races in some capacity. But yeah, so we're not done with the weekend quite yet. We had the historic return of the famous Milwaukee Mile, the first NASCAR race and you know first Truck Series race since 2009. A whole generation of fans have watched NASCAR and have never and have, and have either never heard or nor seen a single race there. So it's great to have it back, but um, Endfinger got the victory, but I feel like the bigger story uh, was the penalties to Ty Majeski. Now, um, I guess this took away a, a certain part or something within the setup um, to where I guess tire. Oh, that's it. What? That's not, well, what that's was not wrong? just it, but it, like, well, what, what was wrong with the right weird tire? Because all I saw was there was a penalty. I was at the IndyCar race covering it. We so. don't know. I, I think there, the section of the rule book they cited had something to do with the valve stems, but uh, I don't, we don't know for sure what was wrong with it. But yeah, you got a 75-point penalty, five playoff points, and his crew chief is out for the next four races. Hmm. Um, but because he won at IRP a couple weeks ago, he's already locked into the next round of the playoffs. So that 75 point penalty really is. Moot. I was, yeah. I was just about uh, to say like the five playoff points will hurt. You know, he loses the yeah. playoff points he would have got from that uh, IRP win and not having your crew chief for four weeks, uh, basically up until Phoenix is going to hurt a little, Ooh, but yeah. um, 
but I don't know. NASCAR takes, I think, any sort of infraction having to do with the tires or the engines, they take that stuff pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, until they'll probably put the part out on display at some point in the next couple of weeks for the whole garage to look at. At that point, maybe we'll know what they did. For now, it's. I, I mean, I don't know if y'all heard Carson Host of our post race. I, 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 <laughs> I heard it. Article. Yeah, I, he. Uh, I didn't see the TV interview or whatever, but he. Uh, he basically said, "Yeah, the '98 got their superpower taken away, yeah. so now we can race fair." And yeah. it's like, oh. <laughs> so did everybody know that this team? Did, did somebody yeah. tip? nascar off that I'm hey the 98's been screwing yeah, i bet and yeah they're like hey look yeah. at this team bro they shouldn't be this dominant well, what's going yeah. on here? and it was pretty I've, clear that they were not as fast as they normally are on these shorter mm-hmm. mile no, shorter tracks no. he was i think we all picked him to win or most of us picked him to win at milwaukee most of yeah, yeah most uh, of yeah, yeah i don't think we all did based on what he did at irp and uh milwaukee he's raced a ton at milwaukee as well because he's from wisconsin um so uh, you know yeah, oh, to run seven. I think Zane Smith, and he was just nowhere to be found in that race. Yeah, yeah. That was surprising. Well, how did show. Corey Heim do? I picked him. How did he? He's top five. Yeah, I okay, think. okay, not bad, not bad. But yeah, Endfinger wins. Uh, um, you know, of course, he wins on the same week. Uh, they announced that uh, the team will be shutting down. And I remember somebody tagging me in a tweet talking about they just won. Why would they shut down the team? Uh, sir, this is a business, okay? And just, I'm sorry, just winning just doesn't really cut it as much anymore. I think the other major story that kind of got brushed under the rug a little bit was that there there was around twenty thousand or so, which is pretty good for a truck crowd. I did hear from people who attended; it was kind of a logistical nightmare. Uh, oh, explain so, like the 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 uh, food lines and everything and water and all that were excessively long. It would take forty five minutes to an hour to get through to the point where people just said screw it. Uh, uh. I think they ran out of a lot of stuff really early, and it wasn't like a normal NASCAR race early. It was like right at the start of the race early. Uh. It was difficult for people to get in. So hopefully that they you know mm-hmm. they can they can. Uh, change that stuff up and fix it because it is the first race back in a long time i'm um, asking a dumb question here because i know it's fair season isn't this a a fair grounds too are they having a fair there right now i i don't know off the top of my head uh i have no idea I, but you know what it sounds like a lot like coda the first year because i remember staying in line uh, it forever wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't no Damn. no it, it, from what it sounded like it was way worse I, what it reminds me of more is when i was at richmond uh, when I was at Richmond in 2021, the concession lines were insanely long and insanely slow. So uh, that was that was Bristol during the pandemic, the All Star race. Yep, they ran out of water before the green flag. At least yeah, several really concession sad. stands. Yeah, the closest I can think to that is just my experience at Coda because I was like waiting for an hour for like cheese fries. <laughs> it was bad. Oh man, but yeah. Hey, look, it's their first race back. Hopefully, they can you know get all the logistics in order. They shouldn't lose a race because of that, you know. But you know, I'm sure. I mean, twenty thousand people for a truck race, it's pretty good. And for and a I track get, that hasn't been on the schedule for a while, I'll take like, no, like Noah that. said in the chat. Sorry, that's ten thousand less people than in Prosper, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. Cla- Claudia had obviously never seen a race at Milwaukee ever. She never knew about this track because she uh-huh. never been watching See? it. To know. See, um, so when she saw this track, she said to me, she's like, wow, this track looks bigger than I thought it would be. She, she thought it could legitimately hold a cup race if they tried. Well, a hey, fun fact, Claudia, it once held an NFL championship game. Fun fact. Well, I, I like the fact that on the restarts and, and throughout the runs, you could go to a higher line. Uh, that was really fun to watch. Uh, I do think that there's going to have to probably be updates, though, to the track. If you're going to bring Xfinity or maybe one day Cup or IndyCar. 
I know that was one of the reasons why IndyCar took so long to go there was that the track was very much behind. Uh, but I mean, I thought the racing was f- for what the Milwaukee Mile is was pretty serviceable. Like it was not. It was it was fun to see them have to literally drive the car uh, around it. You know. Yeah. 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 For no, sure. it sounded really weird. They got to drive the car. They got to drive it around. Well, they got like, no shit. No, no, no. The one that <laughs> I'm I driving out there. No, the one that got me over the weekend was Jeff Burton. Yeah, I. You go in the corner and you want to turn left. No shit, Jeff. <laughs> really? Oh, man. I, I thought I, I, I turned I forget. into the wall. I, I, I think it was uh, Steve Latart and maybe it was a Denny Deliverance thing that I saw. He's like, oh, he's turning left. Oh, he turned left. Oh, I wonder why. why? <laughs> you got to turn right to go left, right? No, you got to turn. <laughs> oh, man. But hey, Milwaukee Miles back. It's awesome. Uh, just get the logistics together, you know. So that's, that's a it. fun weekend. Yeah, fun weekend I, overall. I did get angry when they zoomed in on the pre-race show on what used to be called Miller Park. Remember what I said on the show last week? It's uh, dead to me as long as they <laughs> renamed hey, that stadium. We 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 beat them two one in the series. Cubs beat them two one in the series today. So there you go. All there you go. Good for you guys. Yeah. But yeah, so that is the entire NASCAR weekend. Uh, definitely one of the most memorable for sure. But we are now at that point in the show where we've had. You know, some heat, you know, coming in the area and stuff, you know, it's it's a, you know, the summer's about to end, you know, here real soon. But you know what hasn't changed is the round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Jarrett, what do we have on the list this evening? Our poor Spotify listeners. Well, actually, I want to shout them out really quick because each week I I like to run a poll with them. Uh, And I, I. Gave them the option here, asking of the five that we had as our top five greatest of all time, who would they vote for? Uh, mm. Do you want me to go five to one or one to five? Uh, Start at five. Start at five. Yeah, Count us down five. to the big boy. Yeah, there you go. Fifth was David Pearson at 3% of the vote. Okay. Fourth, at 15% of the vote, Richard Petty. Oh, my God. Wow. Third, at 16% of the vote, Jeff Gordon, second at twenty four percent, Jimmy Johnson, and forty two percent of the vote. Dale Earnhardt got number so one. Unanimously, Dale Earnhardt number one. Okay, yeah, that's that's the Ooh, not, pick. not unanimous. What? No, 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 it was no, a and ours and theirs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh, there's more people for our chat on the YouTube side to get mad at. Uh, the 2024 <laughs> Daytona 500 has sold out its infield fan parking areas and fan areas uh, outside of just the fan zone itself. As mm-hmm. of last Wednesday night, right after we got off the show, Parker Quiggerman will return to the 48 Xfinity car. Uh, and Carson- he also uh, didn't he also pass up? We had mentioned this. He passed up Herbst, I think, for that final playoff spot. Tentatively. Joe, yep, yeah, he did. So, he did. Yeah. Uh, Carson Hosevar is the favorite to replace Ty Dillon in the 77 Spire Ooh. car according to Jordan Bianchi. Uh, we talked about it earlier about colleague has a plan to announce for 31 will be in the upcoming weeks. Maddie D <laughs> the SRX is in talks with Saudi Arabia or Qatar possibly hosting uh, a race by the end of 2023 with eight USA drivers, four host country drivers and four drivers to be invited via Adam Stern. So or uh, host country, four host country drivers four four sports washing drivers. 
Um, that's, if you, that, if you that's, read Don Hawk's Twitter, it's not too much into it right now. Yeah, but they're talking uh, yeah. to them and money money talks. Yeah, I don't. It's such a weird like it the is idea, like the idea of a race like that happening is is one thing. I say what you will about racing in, in Saudi Arabia or in that region of the country, but it's like so far removed from what the SRX's current brand is. <laughs> you know? Well, it's like, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. My thing about the uh, SRX is like. You know, their brand now is like, we want to be short track racing. We're we're the local short track. I'm like, you know, go we're, good for it. Yeah. We're <laughs> small scale, intimate, kind of old one. school classic. But year one, that sure, that's what the tracks they had. But year one, it was, we're bringing the fun back to racing. We're not like NASCAR. Oh, shit. That doesn't work. Okay. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're short track. Crap. That, lower rate. Um, the Middle East. We're worldwide <laughs> now. Yeah, that's just funny. They make the leap from local short track racing to race against Saudi Arabia. It's just, it was just, it, just, just watch the, the Olympics. They're going to partner with SRX. Oh. SRX will have the Olympic cars. <laughs> my question, oh, my question about if they go to Saudi Arabia, do they allow Haley Deegan to drive? Oh, oh I mean, hey, legit question not, though. Legit. It's hey. true. Legit question. Uh, well, they though. did just legalize women driving a couple years ago. So they're let's making get progress. Off the like, let's get huge. off the subject. <laughs> man, man, bro. Hey, yeah, the question. And we're, we're getting off this subject like the CIA. Anyway, Brandon Jones <sighs> will return to JRM next year, and Matty D will not for Rackley War. Uh, lot, yeah. Let's see. Oh, well, this is new. Lionel will be opening a second retail store mm-hmm. at Opry Mills Mall in Nashville. Uh, yep. Friday, September first. Hey, you might you might see us yep. there. Maybe. I could have yep. down the road. Were, I going to? Just where they were opening up a store in October. Oh no! So Danny explained it. They yeah. officially open on. They have a grand opening in October, but they actually open on Friday. Yeah, it's like a small opening. Uh, are y'all go? Are y'all going to the like the ribbon cutting ceremony? Uh, yeah, probably. Hey. I'll try to. <laughs> I'll I'll try and be there this Friday. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway has opened up their campgrounds for hurricane relief. That's good. That's good. Uh, there, now there's some rumors that have spawned from the Spotter podcast, one of which is that Richmond uh, will be getting a double header and Sonoma will be in the spring. And Chris Rice says there's going to be a change in the 2024 schedule that fans aren't going to like. Well, that could be Ooh. anything because we don't like anything. Yeah, yeah you could announce anything. Uh the um the the Sonoma in the spring I'm a big fan of I think I put yeah. that in my video a few weeks ago that uh, I think it should kind of slot into where Auto Club previously was in the West Coast swing um, the Richmond doubleheader I'm not a fan of it but if this is NASCAR's way of adding an off week during the Olympics next year it may be a necessary evil I mean prime time not on FS1 USA but. Primetime Monday night on Big Fox or Big NBC NASCAR. Ooh, Monday night. That, I didn't even think about that. that yeah. That's not a bad mm. TV night. I mean, you see Monday night football, obviously, but historically it's not bad for TV uh, compared to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which there's a reason NASCAR's race Friday. That's the dead night. You Anything you put on Friday night on a regular basis, you are willing to let die. Uh, so... Those four weekdays, but it's like Monday is like that extension of the weekend almost TV-wise. I want to see that tried. Uh, but I know the rumor is a Thursday night Richmond race uh, is at least oh. a rumor. For, well, that was a couple weeks ago. Because so be SRX has proved it's such a success. <laughs> oh, totally. Uh, the schedule will be released in the next two to four weeks. Bob did kind of allude to it being in the later part of that, probably three or four weeks from It'll now. It'll probably be yeah. six weeks. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll, we'll get it by the end of the year. <laughs> if we get it by Halloween, I'll consider us lucky. But, but we have to wait until the final race of the season. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Please yeah, don't. I need to make my plans for next year, at least an outline. But uh, <laughs> yeah, last last little bit here. A legend of the sport, Kurt Busch, has officially retired from NASCAR, which I believe means the last driver in the cup field who raced against Dale Earnhardt has officially retired. Uh, End of an era. Yeah. yeah. End I, of an era. I, 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 man, I used to hate Kurt Busch. Like, he was, I, mm-hmm. I, hate, I hated. The, the the outbursts, the craziness. I hated that he won a lot. I hated all that. And like he that the arc he made in his career, man, I it, there's I don't think there's any like villain to hero arc in NASCAR mm-hmm. the way Kurt Bush had. So I'm yeah, and we can yeah, I'm, I think maybe we can just talk about him briefly and stuff. Yeah, without question, a future Hall of Famer. This announcement, I mean, like we saw it coming. Um, I, I understand why he um, didn't want to do it uh, right away last year. You know, still wanted to hold out hope. But hey, at the end of the day, health's more important. And, uh, you know, he's a champion and he will be a future Hall of Famer. Hey, maybe someday he could get involved more, uh, you know, within the team. I know he's doing stuff for 2311, but hey, maybe as an owner someday. You never know. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kurt Bush. Kurt, sorry, Kurt Bush will continue to make 2311 better as he's made pretty much every team he ever went to better almost instantly. So mm-hmm. great driver. Quite the turnaround in his career, especially the last five, ten years. Good for him. Yeah, Kurt Bush, you know, think you think back to like where he was at the beginning of the 2010s, and you know, many people would have thought it's over. You know, he's, he's never gonna be the same. And you know, his redemption story is one of the greatest in all of NASCAR. <laughs> and I'm loving the I'm loving the quotes people are putting from him in the past. I think one of our first moments that actually made it to like other social media and stuff. Was us replaying a Kurt Busch quote? Run oh, the yeah. effing back straightaway, effing Einstein. My favorite quote. Co- Why the f did I pit? F. Yeah, yeah. That will forever. And like, and you know what? I know he was going through. By the way, yeah. that stream did. I went back because <laughs> oh, one of one of them we had that was on my channel, and I went back and looked, and it was like demonetized. It's like unless you take out the audio in this, I'm like. Uh, <laughs> four or five years. I don't care. Yeah. No. No. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. That, that's it. All right, and that'll conclude this edition of the Famous Lightning Round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now, back to the show. Holy crap, we're at this point of the show already? Oh my gosh, it's it's been forever, man. Yeah, this has been a quick week. Yeah, hey guys, remember, we don't have a top 75 list anymore and not as many news stories to talk about. Now we're going to give you our top 100 Xfinity drivers yeah. of all time. Yes, at the best. One. The best fried chicken rankings. Let's go. Number 10. Let's go. All right. Top 10 worst drivers of all time. Number one, Tia Norfleet. There you go. All right. But yeah, so we are now at that point in the show where we give our previews of the races and stuff, man. It's felt like forever since we've uh, um, had it happen this early in the show. Feels like forever we've been talking about it. Get to it, man. Hey, we got to. Hey, we got to extend some time. Jared, I want to talk about why it's been so long for us to have a long episode like this. I want to beat beat the Watkins Glen race. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hour 58. Let's go, Darren. Go faster, faster. faster, faster. The the Darlington preview. Yes, the weekend notes. Carson Hosevar will be in the number 42 cup car. That'll be exciting to watch. Uh, Kyle Larson will be in the number 17 Xfinity Series car. Chat, keep that in mind for picks. And JGR is swapping the number 20 and 54 pick crews for the playoffs. Ooh, very interesting now, indeed, because those 54 so you, so crews. So you're saying really that Carson, Carson Hosovar could potentially be driving two of Ty Dillon's last cup rides? 
Damn, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it could be. The ultimate yeah. super sub. <laughs> for sure. I think we know Need for Speed and the chat's favorite new, new favorite driver. Yeah, we see that for sure. All right, but yep, the cup race. Let's talk about the cup race, uh, the weekend notes for the cup race. Uh, the cup race name is called the Cookout Southern 500. Cookout is, without a doubt, the greatest fast food place in the world, in my opinion. <laughs> uh 367 laps in total the stage is 115 for stage one the same for stage two and 137 for the final stage the start time is 6 p.m eastern uh 6 p.m eastern time on usa uh you can also listen to it on mrn the weather on uh the weather that sunday uh 86 degrees uh sunny two percent chance of rain so knowing nascar's luck it'll rain uh, well, they're, they're the, actually the, having the, I believe, the hurricane rolling through today and tomorrow, and it'll be out oh, by Friday. Nice. Well, there we go. Finally having some luck. There we go. About time. Uh, the defending race winner is Eric Jones. Let's see if he pulls off uh, for the second year in a row. Uh, Xfinity race name. Uh, the Sports Clips Haircuts uh, VFW Help a Hero 200. That oh, is quite man. the man. That is that is quite the name. Man. It's, it's a good cause though. But we yeah. speak corporate ease with our yeah. Name. True that. Mm-hmm. Um, 147 laps in total. Stages 45 for stages one and two. Uh, 57 laps for stage three. The start time is 3:30 p.m. Eastern time on USA. You can also listen to it on MRN. The weather for that Saturday's race: 82 degrees, mostly sunny, with also a two percent chance of rain. Yes, NASCAR getting lucky with the weather, and the defending race winner is Noah Gregson. Oof. Yeah. So obviously won't get it this year, but maybe he might have a shot at it in 2024. Um. But yeah, let's go over the betting odds. Darian's famous betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Let's go over the favorites. Uh, this isn't a surprise. Martin Truex Jr. is the favorite at plus 500. Kyle Larson plus 600. Uh, both William Byron and Danny Hamlin both plus seven uh, 750. <laughs> Uh, Ross Chastain is plus 1,100. As for the best of the, of the rest, uh, also tied with Ross Chastain is Christopher Bell at plus 1,100. Kyle Busch plus 1,200. Tyler Reddick plus 1,300. Kevin Harvick plus 1,500, along with Chris Busher. As for the underdogs, hey, Chase Elliott, hey, if you want to put some money on him, they have him at, at, they have him at plus 1,700. So, hey, not a bad steal there. Can, can, all, I, can oh, I interrupt you for just a moment? Go ahead. All it took for Chase Elliott to stop being in the top four of the betting odds every single week is for him to officially not be a a playoff driver. I I think they understood. Immediately, the better, you know, everyone just said, nope, never mind. We're now we're done. It's not fun to pick him anymore. Well, I I think it's more that the sports books wanted people to like have a reason to put money on him, knowing that he probably wasn't going to actually. Yeah, true that. Yeah, true that as well. Um, Bubba Wallace is uh, plus 2,800. Alex Bowman plus 5,000. That is way higher than Chase Elliott. Uh, Michael McDowell at plus 8,000. And I put this last one in just for fun. Carson Hosevar is plus 15,000 to win the race. So if you want to put a dollar or two and hope for a miracle, there you go. There's your bet. Um, so yeah, those are the betting odds. And let's move on to what is now becoming my favorite segment, uh, going over the NWP fantasy league, uh, fantasy league pick points. And you are about to find out why this is my favorite, uh, MP one is Sean 48 NY, but in P two is black flags matter. Yep. I am right there for the championship. P3 is Denny Delivers. Hey, hey, two guys right there. Uh, P4 is Trevor Sports 98 and rounding out the top five is the NASCAR bear. Uh, what's going on, Trevor Sports? You're starting to slack. Come on, let's become a two-time champion. Go back to back. 
Let's go here. Now, as for the second NWP Fantasy League, JC underscore 43 has a less than a 10-point lead, actually eight points exactly, over Racer Roar, over Race Roar 48. In P3 is Room HMS. P4 is 42 Larson 5. And in P5 is Black Flags Matter. So without question, I have the best average spot of all the standings. So that's good to see. Um, now to my least favorite segment, <laughs> the pick points. But I know it's Eric's favorite segment, of course. Uh, so yeah, let's go over the pick points really quick. Favorite. Yeah, or yeah, the chat as well. Yep. The chat has a total of 440 points and you are still the points leader. So that Ty Dillon pick turned out to be a stroke of genius because you ended up doing better than me and Jared's pick, according to the chat. That's what they said. I love the uh, butthurt salt from everybody who claims that we rigged a poll because... Y'all voted. Yeah. Y'all you voted. had every chance hey, to not was, do that. It was 50% for, for both Brad and him, and him. so sorry. And it's not we like we control, Yeah, we, we don't control. We didn't control you clicking the 77 voting option. Yeah, I, just, and it I turned love out, the salt, baby. I, that's all yeah. I guess. I love it, man. It's funny and, as hell to me. And it turned out to still be a good pick. I mean, you only lost one point to Eric. Now you're minus 15. And P3 is Jarrett at minus 44. I am in P4 minus 47. And Danny's P5 minus 53. So still pretty close for it being, you know, the, someone, the beginning of the playoffs. Someone said poor Danny at the caboose. I mean, Danny ain't been minus 53 at this point of the year in forever. So I'll take yeah. it. It's usually what, like minus 200 or minus yeah. or So yeah, something crazy like that. I think yeah, one year it, it did get to like minus two something. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know. We're one we're one crazy Talladega weekend away from this being completely blown wide open. Yeah, you never know. You never know. So let's get right into the picks. Let's start off with Xfinity. Um... We might as well. I mean, Eric, who, who's your pick? Who's your well, pick? first, I want to remind everybody, uh, Larson's in the 17. Denny Hamlin is in the 19. And I believe Kyle Busch is in the 10. Don't think I'm missing any other cup regulars, but there are some some ringers, so to speak, uh, in the Xfinity race. That being said, I'm going with lucky number 17, Kyle Larson. I think the rest of you guys might be agreeing with me on that yeah, one. Yeah, we might as well get it over with. Yep, and the chat picks Kyle Larson. Yep, it's over. Everyone picks Larson, so nobody gains anything uh, for the Xfinity Series race. So everyone stays yep. put. There you go. Everyone's oh, yeah. picking Kyle Larson. It's definitely Honestly, Larson. Now I want to pick somebody else because like, nope. I was like 50-50 on Larson. Well, we are there. locked in. Yep, too All late. Right. Once it's locked in. It Unless locked your in. pick is like me last week and Kyle Bush wasn't on entry list all of a sudden. <laughs> I love yeah. I love how like he was on the entry list until Wednesday night at, yeah. like, at like 6.30. They didn't <laughs> update it. Yeah, come on, NASCAR app. Yeah, got, yeah, got it. Like they had stuff. the like they had the Darlington one and Daytona switched. Yeah. But yeah, so now we move on to Cup. Uh Eric, who's gonna suck? So I want to pick a playoff driver for this, uh, and I hate to pick on this guy, but man, when I saw, it's it's kind of sad when I still think of Darlington, I think of that that uh, 2020 pandemic race that everyone was hyping oh, yeah. up, and uh, what happened on lap two? <laughs> uh, <laughs> tricky Ricky, oh no! Uh, oh go Stenhouse is my suck right. pick. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to limit it just to playoff guys. I'm just this guy sucked all year. I picked him to be in the playoffs. This is my revenge for him proving me wrong. Austin Cindric. Mm. All right. And I'm going to go uh, with the guy I talked about at the very beginning of the show. Joey Logano is my suck pick. Um, whether it's going to be, uh, whether it's by, uh, you know, having a bad run due to performance or just some crappy parts failure, I think he's going to be down for the count this weekend. And Jared, what is so funny? 
Oh, I think the chat's making sure they don't pick Ty Dillon oh, this week. Uh, yeah, that's what I was smart. laughing at. That's smart. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Right, Danny? Uh, it's funny, Eric mentioned that 2020 race. Uh, my suck pick actually nearly won that one, actually. Hmm. But uh, the last time we were at Darlington, he sat in the pit box right beside of us. And I don't think Alex Bowman is going to do good, especially not being in a Danny, playoffs. you're an Alex Bowman fan. This is not the Cleveland Browns. You don't need to pick them to lose every week. The Cleveland Browns. Of course I'm I convinced, do. I'm convinced Danny, he's he's bet, he's like actually got money against Bowman every week. Like it's like it's yeah. some corrupt <laughs> system that's caused him to turn on his driver. Yeah, something. No, Eric, I'm just, I turned heel. That's that's what happened. I turned uh, heel. Like he turned, turned Dominic from WWE. There you go. But yeah, chat, huh? chat definitely had Ty. So yeah, Ty Dillon. Hey, I get it, chat. I get it. You want to be safe. I get it. All right. Now moving on. Who is your? Who is this week's underdog, Eric? Uh, Jarek kind of spoiled my underdog pick uh, earlier in the show. Um, but Kevin Harvick historically has been very good at Darlington, and I think those parts this year not quite as crappy as last year. So I think Harvick will have a a solid run uh, on Sunday. Well, I'm going to go with the guy that I was standing in the pits with uh, his pit stall uh, at the end of Darlington in the spring. He got a top five, has run pretty well there. Team's getting a bit better. I don't think he's going to be the easy out necessarily. He might not make it past the first round, but he's not going to be the easy out. Everybody says he will be. I'm going to go Bubba Wallace. Hmm. I will go. Well, hold on. You went Bubba Wallace. pick one. Oh, I went by. Okay, okay. There we go. So I, I, I didn't know if I, I was I'm leading you in, way. man. Come yeah, on. I forgot. I forgot if I picked Bubba or Ty Gibbs. But yeah, Bubba Wallace. Yeah, I think you, he'll uh, have a solid performance. You, you hit that T about as good as you did that uh, baseball in that game. <laughs> yeah. I think you hit the yeah. baseball better. At least he was near it. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Well, sometimes we talk about it. <laughs> oh, dude, uh, I'm, dude, you're coming I'm, up to a baseball family this weekend. We will talk oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Maybe uh, I, can, I can give him some lessons <laughs> on how not to do it. There you go. All right, Danny. My uh, my underdog is Eric Jones. Like, uh, he, he did good. Yeah, he did good last year. I think you and the chat are agreeing on that one. I mean, I saw a lot oh. of 23s pop in, but 43s have been in the entire time. We might as well give him Jones. There you go. There you go. So it is Eric Jones, indeed. And now for the main event, who's going to win? Who's going to win this weekend at Darlington, Eric? The Southern 500 is going to Martin Truex Jr. Led the most laps. I think he led the most laps here in the spring. He led over 100, I believe. Uh, Truex starts the playoffs off strong. I think he's a championship favorite. Race winner, MTJ. Race winner, MTJ. Race winner, Sweep, Kyle Larson. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was good. You got me. You got me. All right. So what's the chat? So I'll 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 create a poll just in case. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they're going to Truex. Oh, are they going, going to Truex? I think they're going to Truex. Larson, but it's mainly 19. Well, yeah. So that'll do it for another edition of uh, the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. We are back next week. Uh, join us next week. Uh, on Wednesday night, September 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern time over on Eric Esef's channel. Yep, and we will be going over the Southern 500 weekend and preview the Kansas triple header. So, fellas, I think that just about does it, man. So, I will do my outro really quick and we'll be on our way. Enjoy the race weekend, everybody. Um, have a safe, happy weekend. 
Thank you guys so much for watching. This is Black Flags Matter. Catch you next time. Goodbye. Steve, you look beautiful. You look great. Oh, ridiculous, dude.